1: Welcome in to episode 13 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always a legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, sports are on the way back. Uh, Baseball, fresh off of last night's news, is coming back into our lives in July. Despite all the rising corona cases in this country, uh, baseball and sports are coming back. Listeners, uh, we apologize for, for the episode not dropping yesterday uh, we actually did record on time we recorded on monday night but uh you should honestly fucking hear the audio um so we had a, we had our two mics set up in-person show we're, we're excited to drop our, our i think it was our third in-person show for you guys but uh we're using two mics for the first time and consequently i think what happened was um you know my mic was catching aaron's audio so it sound, every time he talked it sounded like there was an echo and then Uh, My mic was a little bit scuffled as well, so we got that ironed out, got our technical difficulties that we've been dealing with for the past month and a half ironed out, hopefully, and are are bringing the show to you guys, so thank you for bearing with us for
0: another day, but uh, Aaron, what can the folks uh, look forward to on tonight's episode? They can look forward to uh, actually being able to hear us without it sounding like a cave. That's Um, that's a plus. That was, you know, utterly disgusting to listen back to, and You know, some of the research department has something to do with that as well. I think they're trying to sabotage us at this point. We've we've kind of thrown them under the bus, you know, repeatedly in the last couple episodes. So, you know, nevertheless, uh, you know, we're going to get into uh, the MLB finally coming to, I wouldn't say so much an agreement, but uh, an enforcement on, you know, the league starting. Uh, Good old Tua uh, with a horrible choice of a, a celebrity crush. Yeah, those those are the major things that you know we'll tap into, and there's a, a couple other things we'll touch on, you know, periodically as well. Stay tuned for us finding out that Shania Twain is good music. Let's get after it.
1: And now for today's topics.
0: Getting into a little bit of Tua talk. Tua Taglio. Uh,
1: Got it. Nailed it. That's his. That's his new last name from <laughs> now on.
0: Taglia Tagliatella Tola. Tolia, or you know, whatever. Yeah, getting into a little bit of a story with, uh, you know, his celebrity crush. Uh, I don't think many people are going to be able to guess who that is. Uh, going into a Miami Dolphins Q&A uh, that was posted on Instagram. Uh, they kind of asked him who his, his celebrity crush or his uh, guilty pleasure is. Uh, and then he went in to uh, to make the point that Shania Twain is his, you know, guilty pleasure. Shania Twain. Uh, 54 years old at, at the because he's four years young, Shania Twain. There you go. There you go. Rather interesting that of all people he chooses to pick a, a 54-year-old. Uh, you know, some say washed up at this point uh, in the music industry, but
1: whoa,
0: <laughs> might be a personal take. I just take. I haven't heard much from her in, in decades. I would say at this point, <laughs> or or my entire life. I'm 24 years old, so strong. So he kind of reaches out and says, you know, of of all people, it's going to be Shania Twain, and and he said. If you're watching this, uh, you know, please shoot me a message back. And then, to to his aggrin, she she messages him and says, "Guilty pleasure. You should be proud of your good taste." At Tua with a laughing emoji and then a kissy face. She's, she's cloud chasing. So that it could be uh could be a little bit of, of cloud chasing on both ends. I mean, I think, uh you know, to mention someone that, that isn't really relevant is, is interesting because people are gonna be like, "Who the hell is that?" I mean, in his, today's world, she's fifty four fifty four. His dad's probably fifty four. Maybe his, his mom's probably fifty four. <laughs> probably I mean yes. Yeah, he's what,
1: 23 twenty three?
0: Twenty I think he's twenty two. Younger than us. Younger than us, yeah. So uh <laughs> yeah I don't know what to really think of that one. Uh you know that's definitely a curveball to say the least. Uh there's you know, the Megan Foxes of the world, the so, the Kate Kate Upton, the, those type of people obviously come to mind before uh in my mind at least before a fifty four year old Fifty-four years young, Shania
1: Twain. Don't worry, I won't. I won't mention it to Verlander that you're talking about Kate Upton. I hope you did. Do. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was sheltered in Alabama. Maybe uh, Nick Saban took away his Twitter, took away his phone for the last five years because uh, if you can't think of a better celebrity crush to have than Shania Twain, then I feel bad for him. Uh, the guy's gonna be in Miami. Some people say it's a playground for uh, the dating department, but uh, instead he's taking his talents to uh, SeniorMingle.com. <laughs> I, I don't know, Sh- Shania Twain. I. I can't name one of her songs to be honest. Can you?
0: Uh, I I think I've heard you know. I've heard that. I can't. Yeah, name yeah. One. She's like a, a radio a radio artist. Uh, she was she was the gal who had like hit radio songs that you like
1: mom would play you on the grocery store, but like never was one I would ever want to download onto my onto
0: my phone. No, it's the type of songs that like instantly give you a headache. Five five seconds in, you're you're please turn this off. That type of thing that don't impress me much. I know you know that. Great song. That's a good song. But that that might be that under. song was
1: in that song was in Cars. There you go, the movie car. great great animated flick. Maybe one of the best of all time, Animes. animated animated. I'd put it up there.
0: Yeah, I know I know that song. You're still the one. I know you know that great song. These are all. This is like soon at, you know soon after we were born. This is '97 that these songs came out. That's about how. That's to th- his year,
1: his birth year.
0: <laughs> he I don't know. Uh, obviously, just an, an interesting story, uh, you know, Tua. I continue to, to question, you know, a lot of things about you, uh, your durability, for one. Let me just you yeah. know, take a shot at Obvious. you while I have you on the, you know, on my mind here. But another questionable decision by, you know, who's your celebrity crush? And, and then he answers, Shania Twain of all the millions of people he could have chosen. Is
1: he like a? Is he like a Tim Tebow? Is he like a
0: devout Christian? Wait, waiting until marriage type of guy. I don't know. I don't – I'm not sure. I, I can't comment on that because I'm not going to say I I definitively know one way or another. I'm not knocking that, obviously. Right. right. It, it just I, I get that vibe from him. I don't know, man. That's – I can barely pronounce his first name, so
1: don't expect me to know. Maybe he was sheltered out in Hawaii. I don't know, before he got to Alabama and then sheltered again. But, uh, you know, maybe his teammates are, are, are listening or are seeing this Q&A. And they can help them out in the in the female department, and maybe you won't have to clout chase for for Shania Twain, even though she does have some bangers of, of songs, as we just found out. Some bangers. She was she was uh, Shania Twain, the one that was married to Lance Armstrong. I, remember, I think that's that right. uh, Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. She, Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow she, she has some bangers as well. She has some bangers <laughs> as well.
0: I can't name. So much, I
1: can't name any. I'm starting to think these are your guilty pleasures as well. I <laughs> Just the songs.
0: Just the okay. That's fair. This the fair. Song.
1: I could if you put if you put Cheryl Crow and Shania Twain next to each other on a lineup with like five other middle aged women, I couldn't tell you which one was which. Two, two could certainly oh, for sure, but I cannot. Lance Armstrong, though. You, did you see that ESPN came out with a documentary? I forget. I think it was just called Lance, but uh, basically detailing his career and shit like that. I didn't watch it because I like had sworn off Lance Armstrong now after. You know, the whole steroids thing and, and doping thing came out, but apparently he was just quite the asshole.
0: I haven't seen the, the documentary. Um, you know, I was always a, a big Lance Armstrong fan, even, you know, after the fact where he tested positive for steroids. Obviously, I didn't love that. But, yeah, I, I haven't seen the documentary, but, you know, still a fan here.
1: Maybe that's our next documentary to to <clears throat> bore the listeners with after we finished up our last dance uh, reviews, which, you know, probably bored some people towards the end of it. But, uh I, yeah, I think it's you know I was a huge Lance Armstrong guy. Like I was watching the Tour de France every year, wanting him to win after he probably got his you know second or third title. But I haven't watched it since because I was disgusted by his actions. And but I feel like the whole steroid discussion is like interesting to me. And and you know ESPN just did another documentary. They're you know apparently big fans of documentaries these days with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and detailing their you know summer uh, when they both hit sixty home runs. So. It just begs the question of, like, where where do you fall in, like, the the steroid doping thing? Like, to me, if, if I'm Lance Armstrong and I'm going to, you know, it's not like I could go in and, and win the Tour de France, like, in my current state after taking steroids. Like, I need to have the skill um, and the natural ability to get there and, obviously, the hard work. I feel like steroids just sort of elevates you You still got to be able to hit that 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Still got to be able to, to – get the contact on it, hit, hit that curveball and stuff like that for baseball players. But Where do you fall in the steroid debate?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, I think uh, obviously it's, it's amplifying your, your talent to, to the next degree, to the next level, you know, if you will. A- at the same time, if you can't hit a, a fastball without steroids, you're not going to be able to hit them with steroids. The ball is going to go farther. It's going to come off the bat harder. Uh, you know, if you're Lance Armstrong, you can train longer. Uh, exercise harder, become stronger, that type of thing. So, obviously, it gives you a competitive advantage that that others don't have that aren't taking it, but I think it just makes good players great and great players legendary. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at on on those couple
1: So, do you think
0: that, you know, a guy like Barry Bonds or a guy like Mark McGuire, should they be in the Hall of Fame? I don't – I think it kind of tarnishes the Hall of Fame uh, from that perspective of. You know, if you're letting those guys in, you know, then it's gonna open the floodgates for the Roger Clemens, the I hate to say it, Alex Rodriguez. You know, I'm a, I'm a big A Rod fan. You should um, be. Bias, uh, a little bit of bias. A little well. bit, little bit. But uh, that's okay. I mean, I I get it. Um, I'm an, I'm an A Rod fan, not a Yankees fan by any means, but I always, uh, always like, you know, like me some A Rod. Uh, but yeah, is A Rod your guilty pleasure? Yeah. You know, I'll say that. I'll say that. That's that's a fair <laughs> point. Uh, you know, as far as Yankees go, he was he was my favorite Yankee. It means a lot, actually. <laughs> Appreciate you saying that.
1: All time clip of when Arod. I think it it was that season he got suspended for the entire year. I don't know if it was from the Mitchell report or maybe it was a few years later. But anyway, he got he got suspended for the entire year from baseball. Obviously, comes right out of like I think the court hearing or whatever where he got the decision. Walks right into the WFAN in studio, which for those who don't know is Talk Sports Radio, or Sports Talk Radio I should say in New York, New York City area. He walks right into Mike Francesa's office, studio, station, whatever you want to call it. Has an all-time interview of him just asking, peppering Aaron with questions, and Aaron saying no, 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 never every single question. We'll play the clip here, but all-time interview. I don't know if you've ever seen that. So I'll ask you the question: Were you guilty of any of these charges? No. And I should. Did you do anything name. wrong? No. Did you do any PEDs? No. Did you obstruct just anybody, any witnesses? Did you do anything that they accuse you of doing? No, nothing. Nothing. So you're guilty in your mind of nothing. I, I, I feel like I should be there opening day. Okay. And that's what I'm working hard so for. You, and let's get that on the record. You say you did not do these PEDs that they're accusing you of doing. You're correct, Mike. Okay.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, all up there with the best. I mean, that's, that's – I uh, I definitely respected A-Rod's uh, determination and, and his fight to, uh, you know, remain in the league and, and – you know, prove his quote-unquote innocence. But uh, obviously that, that didn't really, you know, happen because obviously suspension went through and uh, the public perception of A-Rod, you know, was tarnished forever, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, A-Rod definitely fought tooth and nail to, to plead his case. And, uh, you know, there's something to be said for a guy that, that just doesn't back down repeatedly over once, you know, over and over and over again in the uh, the public the public eye there. Apparently, he's surrounded by the Mets now,
1: which would be pretty interesting. Him, J-Lo, uh, they got the guy from Vitamin Water and Body Armor. Uh, not Body Armor. What's the fucking – that drink? Is it, is it Body Armor? Body Armor. Yeah, yeah, you had that. Yeah, Hedera, you had that right. The guy owns Vitamin Water Body Armor. And then it's, it's rumored the founder of Barcelona Sports will also be in on the ownership group since he's boys with A-Rod. So, uh, I think him taking over the Mets would be unbelievable. Um, obviously as a, a former Phillies guy yourself, that might not be uh, too too enticing. But, you know, my dad's a Mets fan. Um, he's been a Mets fan his entire life, I think. That would just inject some sort of life that the franchise hasn't had probably since the 80s when, you know, Doc Gooden was missing you know, uh, MLB uh, championship parades because he was doing coke and things like that. So I haven't really seen seen one of the Mets since then, since the 86 title, I want to say. But uh, it would be interesting, um, to say the least, to see Arod as an owner of the Mets and and really had nothing to do with the Yankees at that point, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I uh, actually, even when I was a Phillies fan, I, uh, back in the day, this is just a little, you know, a little side tangent, but uh, Jose Reyes was one of my favorite players of of all time. Uh, Just super exciting to watch. So uh, I never really hated the the New York Mets per se. You know, there were players like David Wright that I I greatly respected. So I was never really a Mets hater uh, to an extent, just because I just, I loved watching them play. I love Jose Reyes. Jose Reyes <laughs> is often forgotten about. Jose, Jose, Ho- that's what they say when you count the that. He used to that yeah, short little swing and smack him. He was smack He was nasty. And, and steal bases. I mean he was he was dangerous
1: for sure. He was he was pretty good. David Wright was pretty good back then. They had Johan Santana. Johan Johan. Uh, Johan, bro-han, brohan, Santana. <laughs> Bro back. <laughs> Who they, something like uh, they had some guy who had like nine RBIs in one game. Who was nasty for the Mets for a few years. And row, forgetting the name, they signed Jason Bay, who like sucked. Jason Bay, the Jason when he was in the Mets. He was part when he was on the Pirates. He was he was nasty, but uh, yeah. I guess that that transition that
0: transitions us to our MLB talk. If you want to get into that, yeah, we can we can go straight into into that segment.
1: Oh yeah, so so we're going to have a season. Baseball is back, all the way back. Um, the players on Monday night voted against um, Major League Baseball's 60-game plan, but Rob Manfred, as we speculated last time, um, he has the ability to essentially impose the season. He has the, the right to exercise the season. I guess it was a, a part of an agreement they came to in March with the Players Association and the MLB that the commissioner has the right to implement a season. He did that on Monday night. So after the players voted no again, he, he said enough is enough. We have to get back to baseball here. Um, I'm going to implement a 60-game implement a season. Opening day would be around July 24th with spring training starting next Wednesday on July 1st. So um, basically it was contingent upon if, A, the players could get back in playing um, in the spring, in spring training for July 1st, and then, B, um, get back to opening day on July 24th and then also um, you know, obviously the health and safety protocols, which were voted upon um, and approved by the uh, Players Association as well. So this long drawn out saga from Major League Baseball and, and the Players Association is finally over. Uh, but I mean, I guess the the question is, and we talked about it a little bit, like with only a 60 game season, it's just going to be probably chalked up to be sort of a, I, I don't want to say a lost season per se. And I know we've thrown the asterisk word around a bunch, but it might, it might just be considered an outlier season looking back on it and sort of the history of baseball.
0: Yeah, it definitely, uh, you know, reminds you of the, the lockout NBA season. I think that was extremely shortened, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of reminds you of a scenario like that. Um, this is one of those, those situations where obviously COVID played a, a massive role in, in why the season has been shortened and modified and, and screwed up. But at the same time, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword in the fact that you know, the players and then the commissioners couldn't get on the same page. And then obviously, excuse me, the uh, the players wanted a, a longer season. They wanted, you know, a game or a season where there were over 100 games, prorated salary in, in that scenario, and they didn't even get, you know, really call it half of what they wanted, but it's what you – I think you have the percentage like 37 Yeah, so for, for a full prorated salary for 60 games, players were around 37%
1: of their full season salary as long as the schedule is completed. So uh, I think you could be on the DL or the what do they call it now? The fucking I L injured list instead of the disabled list. What do they call it the IL now. The IL. So I you didn't can be, even know that. Yeah, so. so you can be on the roster I think and, and as long as you're on the roster for, you know, the season you don't opt out of playing anything like that, you'll get paid your thirty seven percent. but if you choose to opt out, which is is an option we've seen it from a few guys from the NBA already opt out of playing that bubble. So I think it it'll be little bit fascinating you know if you're a guy like you know bryce harper mike trout who maybe your teams aren't the best but you you also make a shit ton of money off the field anyway like you might take off this 60 games and, and maybe that 37 percent of your salary doesn't mean much to you if they're you know making hundreds of millions or not like 30 million dollars a year i think sure. it's, it's definitely worth it maybe for them to, to maybe take this year off not risk injury and i think it might be something we'll see um as, as sort of the news and and starts to leak out here. There, you know, as the week progresses.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know you make you make a strong argument for for why these players would. To me, I don't think Bryce Harper. I think you know his heart is is too strong as far as his love for the game. From that perspective, I don't think he sits out. Uh, Mike Trout it would be hard for me to imagine sits out. I mean, I think he's kind of from from the same build there. I don't I don't see those two guys sitting out. I mean, of the two, maybe Mike Trout does. But uh you know, I think that would tarnish as far as you know public perception and, and reputation of both those guys or or whoever might sit out. I think that might you know play a negative impact on on going forward of their perception of these players.
1: yeah, I think uh it's also a little bit fascinating
0: too, the whole playoff thing. I mentioned there's only
1: going to be ten teams, which is you know how it's been for the last eight years since they expanded to that second wild card system back in two thousand and twelve. I think the the union was fully against um, having an expanded playoff bracket. Uh, the, the The league proposed a sixteen team bracket, so I think you know a mini season combined with a playing game um, in a bracket that might be full of mediocre teams probably isn't ideal. I think with a sixteen team bracket, at least the the field would have been improved and probably would it you know improve baseball's I guess ratings and stuff like that when it came to October, but. I guess those teams still, still could have been knocked out by a sub-500 team. But if you have a team like the Mariners who, you know, starts off as high as they did last year and, and you know, that's where we play 60 games, they could be, you know, first overall in, in their division to make the playoffs just because, you know, they didn't play that full 162 game year. So for me, I think if you're playing a shortened season, um, you know, like the NHL and NBA are doing, and you probably have to offer an expanded playoffs. I don't really know why the players would be so against it. Um, maybe they think if their team's good enough, there's, you know, opening the door for a chance again for them to get knocked out by a lesser team. Maybe that's the reason. But I think it'll be fascinating from, you know, to only have 10 teams after six games at the playoffs.
0: Yeah, to your point uh, with that, you know, this this season could go great. Uh, There might be a lot of drama involved or or it could go not I'm not gonna say horribly wrong, but it it just might feel extremely weird. And, And some of these teams just might go on a on a hot streak as far as, you know, win 35 out of out of 60 it might be enough to to sneak into the playoffs or or win a division that type of thing who knows it's just kind of extremely wide open and and i don't know if it's going to be a good or bad thing for the league but uh, obviously they have to start somewhere and and this is the the proposed plan that, that is going to take you know go forward because uh the commissioner had to enforce this due to the just the players and the commissioners not being on the same page which is obviously a kind of a red flag going forward especially with the a soon soon to be collective bargain agreement uh you know expiring i think in 21
1: yeah they, they're gonna have to negotiate another cba in 2021 there's definitely gonna be a
0: lockout um which for me it, you
1: know it's it's probably in, uh, inevitable at this point so i can't really have a take on it either way uh i think baseball you know might be screwed in the fact that they're gonna lose a lot of their casual fans if they do have a lockout you know maybe they can you know with their 60 game season this year they can you know, get a few people on on the bandwagon since people are starving for live sports. And if if they do in fact come back, and you know, July twenty fourth, uh, I think they'll be back before the NHL and the NBA, respectively. Um, so maybe they can capture sort of the hearts of casual fans looking for some other content to to intake at that point. So, you know, a lockout obviously for the long term might not be great, but you know, hopefully in the short term they can lock up some other fans as well. I think also from a from a health and safety perspective, I think. It's Pretty interesting as well. Yeah, obviously had a bunch of, you know, COVID cases uh, come through the dock at this week, whether it be college football. Um, I think 21 players from Clemson got sent home because they tested positive for coronavirus. Professional golfer in the PGA Tour tested positive. Uh, three players in the NHL tested positive. I think it was five players and three staff members for the Philadelphia Phillies tested positive down in Florida. So, you know, for a spring training, I think if you're looking to go to Florida or Arizona, I think it might make more sense for them to probably, you know, just work out and, and probably participate in these activities as a team in their home cities, you know, where these teams play. So it'll be fascinating from a health and safety perspective as well. Like, you know, if a guy gets tested positive, is he, is he automatically on the you know IL or the DL and, and how long does that look? So I think there are a lot of questions that still need to be worked out, but it seems like we do have a, a plan on the table
0: and a plan on the table that's been approved for baseball to
1: come back. ultimately.
0: Yeah. To, to piggyback off of that, I think, you know, with that the type of thing going on, I, I don't really see where, you know, Florida is the ideal place to, for these sports to take place. I mean, now you're, you're starting to see a, an increase in cases. I think a lot of people from at least the, the Northeast are going there on vacation. Uh, Florida is always one of those spots where, you know, people flock to, regardless of, of the situations going on in the world. That might just make things worse. Um, t- to your point, Dan, I think, uh, you know, if they play in their home cities, uh, you know, at least work out, you know, get. Accustomed to uh, you know playing the game again, that might not be a bad thing. Uh, maybe play a lot of inner inner squad play, or, or maybe they play. I don't even want to say a college team because I think that can be a recipe for disaster too. Like you said, I mean, there's there's so many questions that have yet to be answered, and you know, we're, really, I think they're gonna just play it play it as it goes. As far as uh, you know, we'll we'll be seeing it develop as as the league you know kind of experiments different things and. And it's definitely a special times we're living in, and, and I don't really know what to expect. But I do expect, obviously, baseball to return by the end of, of next month, you know, at the very end of it uh, for, for competitive play. So I look forward to it, um, but I think it will be extremely different and, and probably quite weird for, for a few weeks, uh, you know, in, in the beginning of the, the season.
1: Over under how many times does
0: Jose, Jose Altuve get beamed in 60 games? 60 games. So so let's let's say he has three at bats per game. So that's uh you know Four. 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 Give, him four. give him four. So like 240 at bats. I'm gonna say he gets beaned. I don't know, man. I don't know if this COVID thing kind of slowed that down. Uh, I think people want to return to baseball. I think you know maybe if this was a, a regular season, 162, he gets beaned over 40 times. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it 22 and at 22. I'm gonna go weird. I, I was gonna say 25, but I think. Just over twenty is, is how many times he gets beaten this season. I like it. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. Uh, maybe I take the down because he's a little bit of a shorter guy. Maybe they're going to throw over him, can get uh, you know, get down to that level. Can't throw the ball that low to the ground. <laughs> I, I think. If, I think if any if anybody or any team out there was hopefully looking for just league wide cancellations, probably the Astros. Sure, <laughs> makes perfect sense. So they can you know hopefully they were hopefully <laughs> looking to put this whole scandal behind them. Uh, maybe Let they, it fly by. Maybe the Red Sox as well. I don't know. Sure. yeah it, it, I hopefully no one's forgotten about this I, I hope obviously i don't want to see guys get hurt but I, I just hope that you know people don't forget about this i'm not saying i want jose altuve and, and george springer and you know guys in that team to get hit the bragman to get hit 60 times but like i hope it you know it impacts their like culture and hopefully it impacts like free agents going to that team in the future I, you know we we started this podcast obviously after all that news came out but it's it's worth mentioning i think it's you know, it should be one of the biggest storylines coming to the season. You know, after COVID, but uh, you know, hopefully that doesn't really lose its
0: luster going into the year. But that should be well. If, if I'm not mistaken, when I mean they did start spring training this this season. Yeah. And I, th- I think the Astros were getting plunked almost that's every great game. Great point. So it's a great point. I don't know, Like I said, I don't know if COVID's going to slow down the, the amount of hatred that, that would have been, you know, cast their way prior to this all going down. Obviously, I still think they're they're going to catch hell for this as they should. You know, I definitely think over twenty times that he's getting plunked. Um, I think people will throw behind him quite often. I think they'll throw over him quite often. Uh, as you stated, what he's like, but you know, probably on a good day, five seven, um, maybe five six, five eight. At you know, at the max, I don't, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, regardless of that, I think uh, you know, th- there's going to be a message sent that you know, you guys can't be doing this. And and I'm I'm one of those people where I definitely think every team is stealing signs to an extent, but they they definitely went overboard and if what what really gets to me is, is when you look at the stats at, of you know when they play in Houston against when they play on, you know at the, on an away stadium make it the Yankees make it any of the the playoff scenarios uh, they're vastly different and you can't tell me that's only home field advantage I mean yeah. they were going from you know almost hitting four hundred at home to you know measly buck eighty at you know an opposing stadium that's that's obviously a direct representation from you know, cheating. <laughs> he knew he knew where the ball was going to be, right? And what's being thrown. So he,
1: he knew where it was going to be and else was being thrown. If you look at, I feel so bad for Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> uh, if you look at his stats in, the I guess it was 2017 World Series, or maybe it was two both years, 2017 and 19. If you look at his home stats versus his stats in the Astro Stadium, it's astronomically different. They knew where it was going to be. Best best pitcher of this era. And you and you know where the fucking ball is going to
0: be? Yeah, that's <laughs> obviously tainted. And and you know going forward, I I think the uh, the owner of the Astros, I think he made the right decision as far as uh, just dropping the yeah uh, dropping to. the coach right away. You he had to, but but at the same time, and I'm not going to argue against that. But you've you've seen Belichick, uh, you've seen Brady get caught up in these scandals, and and they kind of. You know, for some reason that they, you know, obviously should have fired him too. I think Belichick definitely should have got the boat, uh, or got got the boot up. Sean there Payton and, uh, got fired for bounty gate. Sean Sean Payton, shout out to Sean Payton, you're a piece of shit. Uh, I'm just gonna <laughs> put that out there. You know, you're trying to you're trying to injure Brett Favre at 40 years old, like you know, playing someone to your own side. I think that was mostly Greg Williams, but you know, obviously Sean Payton, the uh, the coach of the team, he knows about that. He knows what's going on. You yeah, know, he Greg knows Williams should be out of the league. Who's he coached for? It? I could not even tell you, Jets. is their D coordinator. Uh oh. (laughs) Hey, maybe that's what the Jets need, man. Physicality. Needing to bring back Jamal Adams. (laughs) No, you'll be all right. But uh, yeah, (laughs) that it kind of got thrown on off to the side as far as the tangent goes. But uh, I think the the Astros will will forever be, you know, remembered for you know negativity during these years of success. Um, you know, I I was one of those people where I was kind of rooting for the Astros just because they were a dumpster fire for nearly a decade, all of a sudden they, they kind of rebuilt things and got on the right track. So, uh, but did not do it the right way. Uh, now, you know, obviously a new regime there in Houston. Um, we'll, we'll see going forward, but they're definitely going to pay for it this, this coming season. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's good. It's good to hear the
1: baseball is coming back. I think some of the health and safety stuff, as I said, needs to be worked out, but uh, I think we're getting all the, all the juicy storylines, even though it's only going to be 60 games and, Hopefully come playoff time, um, you know, the contenders really start to show themselves by, you know, 30 to 40 games and we get a decent playoff field. I think you'll probably see the Yankees, the Dodgers of the world, probably the Astros, you know, Cubs, all those teams who've been good historically the past two or three years are probably going to be there. So maybe there's a few outlier teams like the Mariners and things like that. But uh, I think it'll be a good season nonetheless. Maybe it comes in an asterisk. Maybe I'm just a little bit biased since the Yankees are disgusting this year, but um, – that's our, that's our show for, for today, folks. Sorry about the, the audio and sorry we're pushing this out of daylight day late to you. But uh, nonetheless, thank you again for listening. You guys have been quite loyal to us in the past month and a
0: half, and we really appreciate it. And, uh, and take us home. Yep. Uh, we're just going to continue to blast off the topics as, as they come. And, you know, we're, we're one week closer to at least the start of, of some of these leagues, you know, uh, finally after all this time. Take us